Dose of Leadership Podcast, Episode 154. Welcome to another episode of the Dose of Leadership Podcast, the show that brings you inspiring and educational interviews with today's most relevant and motivating leaders. Each episode is dedicated to highlight real-life leadership and influence experts who dedicate their lives to the pursuit of the truth, common sense, and courageous leadership. And now, here's your host, Richard Ryerson. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in. This is Richard Ryerson. As always, I'm so appreciative of your support and that you're taking the time to listen to the show. You know, I couldn't do it without you, the supporters out there, the listeners. I'm so thankful that you're tuning in. You know, one of the top requests I've had over this past year is how did I launch this podcast? I get asked almost daily and I get asked for tips and techniques on how to create your podcast. And so, you know, I'm living proof that you can create and launch your own podcast in your spare time. If you don't know my story, this is a side hustle for me. I am a full-time pilot, full-time husband, full-time father of four daughters. And Doing this podcast is my absolute favorite thing to do, and it has transformed my life. 18 months later, this podcast is downloaded in over 145 countries hundreds of thousands of times, and it's afforded me multiple opportunities from partnerships to other employment opportunities. But most importantly, it's created the professional network of my dreams, something I wasn't even thinking about when I started down this road 18 months ago. You know, none of those opportunities would have been possible without the creation of this podcast. And so I'm challenging all of you. If you're interested in creating your own podcast, it's cap- you're capable of doing it. It's there for your grasp. You know, and that's why I'm proud to introduce my latest and my first online product and membership site. It's called The Podcast Roadmap. You can get more information at thepodcastroadmap.com, but basically it's a tutorial, a membership site where I break it down for you super simple and show you step-by-step how to launch and grow your own professional podcast. I show you exactly how I did it behind the scenes, soup to nuts, no holds barred, show you everything, how I launched Dose of Leadership and the Courageous Leadership Podcast. You'll learn everything it takes, interview your heroes, build a professional network, and even get paid in the process. So the good news is, and look, a lot of other podcast masterminds out there that require you to have a big bag of cash, the podcast roadmap is all about getting up and running with minimal investment and learning how to do it all in your spare time. I'm introducing it to the public for $197, but if you're interested in it and you're listening to the show and because you're a fan of the show, you enter the coupon code PODCAST, you'll get $75 off that $197. So take a look and get more information at thepodcastroadmap.com, and I hope to see you on the inside. Again, thanks for your support, and here's the interview. Well, I'm pleased to have on my show today John Cramp and David Atchison. They're two lifelong friends who started the Riverstone Group, and there it's a group who uh, helps businesses become aligned with their purpose and their and their life and with their shared values, they help people find their true purpose and passion. It was founded in 1975 when they were both students at Baylor University, and back then they called the company Cratch. And from then they had the idea that this was going to be a global powerhouse. At least they said so on the back of a napkin. <laughs> so John and David, welcome to the Dose of Leadership podcast. I'm so interested to hear your story. Welcome to the show. Oh, Richard, thanks so much for having us, and that's a blast from the past. Our wives, wow. when we told them we wanted to call the company Cratch, they forbade it, so it was uh, pretty <laughs> no, amazing. Well, what, is that, what does that mean? Where did that come from? That's kind of well, a harsh my, name. My, my nickname was Atch in college. I guess it's Oh, Cramp. Okay, so I got it. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Cramp okay. with a K, so that was the <laughs> powerhouse Cratch. Oh, I love it. I yeah. love it. A lot of people had, had uh, fun with that one, but uh, we. what's funny is that we were – 
buddies in college and uh, did some things together. And then we kind of parted ways and uh, got, went in different directions in our lives and then geographically. And uh, and then kind of ended up back re- re- reunited. And uh, uh, and who would have ever thought we we didn't the Riverstone Group was not some carefully mastermind plan. <laughs> <laughs> right. It was put together over many years. It, it really just kind of happened naturally when we were. Uh, really helping, uh, some, uh, some friends, uh, who were small business owners. They were trying to figure out some things and we kind of in an informal setting started, uh, working with them and helping them develop, uh, uh, some, some plans and strategies and trying to help them with their leadership and help them grow their businesses. And out of that, uh, Riverstone just kind of happened. Well, so that's a, it, I find it interesting. So back in 1975, and again, I'm not trying to date myself, but you guys had to be fairly young at that time. And so, why were you so passionate about leadership then? I mean, what was it? Was it a ministry calling, or was it more um, just kind of common sense leadership? Yeah, actually, back then uh, we were pretty passionate about making a lot of money. <laughs> well, yeah, we were just yeah. college students, <laughs> right? <laughs> so leadership was a later development. So back in the early days of Cratch. Uh, that was just going to be ways to make money a lot of different ways. I got you. So you had, it was just kind of a, uh, you guys had huge dreams and goals to be these, uh, these super entrepreneurs and business owners. And, uh, so the, the whole mission of Crash wasn't necessarily leadership development. It was a, no, absolutely yeah, not. God. Okay. Uh, perfect. That was actually just a kind of a big joke that we had, uh, back in the day when we were in college. And then, uh, later on, um, somebody actually, we were with a group of people and um, some friends, and John told the story and mentioned the idea that, yeah, we used to call ourselves, we, we were going to name ourselves Cratch. And uh, everybody at the table thought that was so funny. <laughs> and one of the guys was a graphic designer, and so he came up with this idea that he wrote this thing up on a napkin and uh, as if it had been discovered, the artifact of this napkin from a <laughs> college days. So so that's kind of blown up out of proportion. Oh, I love it. Funny. Sounds like a heavy metal rock band to me, Cratch. That's what it kind of sounds <laughs> like to me. I know. It's, it's a powerful concept. We'll, it we'll license it if anybody <laughs> Very good. You could be our agent. With okay, I'm, all, I'm in. I'm all in. Well, guys, so, so how did it tell, tell, you go your separate ways? You go off and you, you, you live life, you stumble, you fall, you have successes, you, you have families and you, you come back together here in Nashville. And so tell us, tell me a little bit more about how that kind of genesis and what started you going down this path of, okay, let's help people with life and leadership and purpose. Well, I came to Nashville 20 years ago to take a corporate job at a large publishing company here. David was already here with, he had been involved in real estate development, and so in our different kind of uh, callings there, we both worked and focused on leadership. And so as we were connected back here in the same city, we found ourselves doing more and more with leaders. And so then uh, three years ago when we made the shift over to launch out into the Riverstone Group, that whole focus on leadership was our common passion, and that's what we really decided to focus on. Did it as you in your separate kind of career paths, I mean, were you guys in leadership roles? Did you seek out leadership roles? Yeah, um, I, I I think that if anybody knew us, maybe in college, uh, you know, I think they would probably certainly they'd look at John and think he was just a you know he's just a natural leader and uh, down to you know taking on projects, uh, leading a fraternity, doing you know service projects. He, he was he's just a natural born leader, and I found myself. 
in leadership from the time I was young as well. And so uh, I've been involved in business leadership. I've been involved in uh, nonprofit uh, situations, church situations where uh, I'm in leadership. And so it's just something that we both feel really passionate about. We've certainly uh, learned most of our great lessons through our failures, and through our mistakes, but uh, we, we know how important leadership is. And that's, I think, what drives us. We just know that Everything, it's like I think John Maxwell says, everything rises and falls on leadership. Yeah, absolutely. You know, obviously, you know, John, you were a division president, corporate vice president at a company called Lifeway, which is a $500 million private company in Nashville. David, you were in commercial real estate development, which uh, I'm familiar with there too. A lot of challenges bereft in those. What, what do you think is the big difference between now and say maybe 35, 40 years ago, in terms of a leadership challenge? What, what, are the, what is the stark difference? I think one of the things today that is the opportunity is all that is now possible as a leader in leveraging the social media tools and platforms. And that's one of the things, Richard, we've been so amazed at what you've done is, and that's exemplary of what others have done, is have used these tools and taken a personal interest and passion about leadership and multiplied that worldwide. I mean, that would have been impossible, you know, 20, 30 years ago. And so even today in corporate kind of settings in the setting that I was in, there are people using these tools to not only communicate internally to spread their influence that way, but also to broaden it much more uh, beyond uh, their internal work and really have an external presence and powerhouse in terms of communication. It is just mind-boggling, and we love it. Well, and I think I think the other thing about that I think about today versus uh, you know that many years ago is just the awareness factor. Uh, I think thirty years ago people spoke about leadership in terms of uh, connected to some kind of positional authority. Uh, today, I think there's a greater awareness because of uh, some whether you know different leaders out there mm-hmm. over the, over books that have been written in the last uh, 15 10 years that has just really increased the uh, awareness of leadership and how important it is and how all of us uh, are leaders and have the potential to lead and so i think that uh, with all these great resources with with all the media possibilities and uh, technological capabilities it now all of a sudden it's on the table. It's a, it's a really important topic and people can engage it in different ways. I love what both of you said, you know, cause a lot of times we see, uh, technology, the social medium, you know, a lot of times when you talk to these consulting companies and other leaders, it's like, well, you know, the, the, the rapidity of things that happen, the, the change and it's so quick and it's a global economy and all that. And you always hear about the negatives or the downsides of it and the challenge. And it's certainly a challenge, but I love how you guys see it as an opportunity. And I agree with you. I think there's no better time on the history of the world where people, if they use their kind of forces for good instead of evil, can really uh, make an impact in the world. I mean, somebody in their basement can literally... Um, have their voices heard literally all across the world and make a positive impact and change. So I love how you have kind of the optimistic or positive look on it. I, I, I love that in, in your answer there. Well, thanks. We're, we're excited about what's going on. And like John said, uh, we, we've learned from you and, and appreciate the work you're doing in this area. 
Oh, well, thank you so much for that. But t- tell me a little bit more. What do you think, in both of you, what do you think is probably the biggest, on an individual leadership level, the biggest mistake you see leaders make? I continue to see leaders outstripping their character. They have opportunities. They've got great skills. And, you know, you can go a long way on your skills, but your character is what's going to keep you there. And if you blow up on character, the carnage and the fallout Mm. is so dramatic that it's just it's just sad. And so, you know, that's why we try to put a lot of effort and energy in and around who the leader is as an individual, because if there's not balance there, then the skills are great. But the character is really what's going to sustain you. And I think to add to that, uh, the thing that I, I see a huge problem, and that is leaders not understanding that that they lead by serving. If you don't have yeah. a servant mentality, your leadership is going to uh, move toward, uh, without meaning to, is going to move toward an arrogant uh, mindset where the people are here to help me further my cause Instead of, I'm here to help you be better. I'm here because I believe in the cause, the business, the organization, missional statement, uh, whatever it is you're working in. I'm, and I want to serve you. I want to make you better. And, um, I just, I believe that that is so foundational to leadership. And yet, uh, so often, particularly in the marketplace, we see, uh, we see leaders, uh, more self-serving than serving others. Yeah, I think if you ask the general, someone that doesn't really, you know, all of us, we intentionally think about it day in and day out and, and study it. But I even look back at my early uh, leadership career, and, I, and most leaders kind of go through this kind of um, growth period where you do think it's a little bit more about charisma and talent. Um, as you get more seasoned, it, it, uh, what I've seen, it certainly happened to me and a lot of people that I know, that it, you start start to see that it isn't about you. It is about selfless, selfless sacrifice. It's about, Mm. it's never about you. It's always about them kind of mentality. And then where I think it really takes a transformative leap is when you start developing other leaders, instead of trying to attract followers, you start to get people that are smarter than you, better than you, and you develop their talents and let them kind of be unleashed. Um, does any of that make sense to you, what I just said? I mean, that was kind Absolutely. of my Absolutely, yeah. and I think that one of the key ideas that uh, just shaped my perspective, I think it was Jack Welch that really championed the idea, is that it is the role of the senior leaders of the company to be developing their people, developing leaders, that that's not something that only the HR people do, that all of us in top leadership need to be viewing how can we raise up that next generation of leaders. It's one of the reasons David and I enjoy the work that we do in our consulting, where many times we're working with emerging executives. So maybe there is somebody that our client may be the top leader of the company, but uh, he or she has a group of younger leaders that maybe they've been highly successful in working with direct reports, but now the need is for them to move up and become a leader of leaders. And as you know, Richard, that's a huge transition. Oh, yeah. And a lot of people don't make that naturally. And so if you come in and you've got a top leader that says, look, I am responsible for increasing shareholder value. I'm responsible for growth. I'm responsible for the strategy. Yes, of course, you've got to do that. But you don't relegate 
the leadership development responsibilities of somebody else. That is your job as well. And so we just feel so strongly about that and just believe that's got to remain front and center in any leader's mind. And, you know, one of the one of the ways we you, you can always find this out as you get to know leaders. Uh, one of the things I like to find out is, are they mentoring anyone? Yeah. Right. If they're if they're not if there's not some kind of a very intentional type of investment in one of their leaders or some of their leaders, uh, then then what happens is you begin to recognize, you know what, this is not built into the DNA of this leader. And so we're going to need more. It's not going to be uh, an engine tune up. It's going to be more of like uh, an overhaul. And so it, it really uh, it, that this shows up um, and, and, and we can see it. One of the ways is, is by whether or not anybody's thinking about other leaders and thinking about mentoring anyone. Yeah. I love what you guys said. I think that my biggest frustration I see in senior leadership, and I know it's challenging, it's difficult, and you know, and you, you listed off a whole let, list of responsibilities and it's a heavy weight. I would challenge and argue that you cannot even get to those responsibilities effectively unless you're having all those people around you get, you can't get there by yourself. I think a lot of times people think they're in that position there, uh, that they have to come up with all the answers. And I think to get comfortable and, and embrace the fact of not knowing is, to me is a great strength indicator of a leader. Um, if they're comfortable with the fact of, um, how do I say this? It, that they're not, they're not concerned about being right. They're just not afraid of being wrong. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Well, you know, you look at it long term, what's going to be the measure of any leader? It's going to be what he or she leaves after That's the That's right. The legacy. Strategies, yep. um, tactics, your plans, all that stuff, that is going to change. So really the only thing that has sustaining value that you're ever going to leave a company are the leaders that you put in place, the people that can embody those things, that can take it the next, you know, hundred laps that have to go after you're off the scene. So, you know, if you're a leader and you step away and the thing just craters, man, that that's just the worst day you could ever have. So, if that's what you want to avoid, then what can you do to be building up the people that can continue to be effective in that context long after you're gone? Yeah. I think what people, what happens to people or leaders, and again, I don't think it's, it's, um, not that they don't want to know leadership. It's just not really intentionally taught, I guess. And I think we, we get put into leadership positions because we were successful in some technical ability. You know, I'm a really good, pilot therefore let's make richard the chief pilot well <laughs> the 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 job description or the skill set required to be the chief pilot really doesn't have a lot to do with my technical ability and how well i can shoot an approach in bad weather it really doesn't it has to do with the leadership aspect of dealing with people and i think mm -hmm. that's what happens when people get put in leadership positions they think they're they're kind of I was successful in my technical ability, therefore I'm going to be good in this leadership role. The best accountant doesn't necessarily make the best leader of the accounting team, right? It's kind of like the, uh, kind of like, you know, for a parent, there's no parenting licenses out there right. last time I checked. So anybody <laughs> can become a parent, and yet we know the enormous responsibility that a parent has of taking care of and shaping the life of a child. And so as leaders, uh, you know, it doesn't seem to be, Hey, get your leadership license out there. It's, it's kind of like, Hey, I'm going to go to get educated. I'm going to learn all these different things. Um, but I may not know how to lead 
one person to do anything. I can, I'm just use, I have to fall back to my technical skill and my positional authority. And one of the, to me, you know, I know you mentioned some of the things that are kind of discouraging out there. I want to tell you something that really excites me. And that is really seeing people get this idea of what leadership is really about and even seeing people lead up right. in companies. So maybe they're not the CEO. Uh, we see some middle management and some and some uh, folks just right below upper management in some of the larger companies, and even some uh, entrepreneurs and smaller companies really leading well and setting a whole different tone and a different expectation. So that when people are looking for a place to work, they want to be involved in a company where they feel like they're part of something. And for that to happen, you have to have leadership. So that that's, I think, one of the positive things going on out there. But you're right. There's no uh, leadership licenses last no. time I checked. So. <laughs> yeah. You know, I think that, you know, the, the more, um, the more that, um, I don't know, the more I've done that this podcast, I, I've been encouraged. I mean, I, it's, oh, it's a double edge. I go back and forth. I think if I look at, how we are losing, I think, just in a grand scale, as a nation, as a world, we're losing a lot of our kind of common sense purpose and focus. At the same time, I see an undercurrent of activity out there, especially in the millennials and the younger generation, of people that do want to be part of something bigger than themselves, that they do understand that it's a part about being sacrificial. Am, am I right in that? Is That's just a feeling in the sense I get from doing this podcast, from from connecting with with different people from kind of checking out of kind of the mainstream noise and diving in. I sense an undercurrent of that and I feel positive. What do you, what about you guys? We do. And we work with a lot of young leaders as well. And one of the things we're very committed to though, it's one thing to have a desire to have an impact, to want to see something change. It's a whole nother thing to have a toolbox that you can draw on to say, okay, I'm going to use this now I'm going to use that a month from now. And so what we've tried to do is to demystify leadership. Hmm. You know, it's not just a good, warm feeling. It's not just something that you're innately able to do. Or something it, that, you know, get inspirational talk right. and get fired up and run through the wall. I mean, it, there's practical Absolutely. things that have to be done. Absolutely. So we've tried to say to people that have got all of this energy, all this optimism to say, okay, let's tool up a little bit. Let's figure out. What are we going to do? And that's part of what we do in our consulting with our uh, small group kind of training sessions that we do and our coaching. We're trying to work with people to say, all right, tell me about what you want to do. Okay, now, what are the tools you're going to use to move that forward? And so if we can match the enthusiasm of this coming generation with the practical tools to help them implement, then I think it's a great future. I, I do too. I agree with you. You know, let's talk about your life align system. You know, you had a pretty, uh, I, I'm always a big advocate of simplicity and that's what I like about your kind of philosophy. And, um, you have this kind of why now, what, how, and wow. Talk to me a little bit. Educate me about that alignment system. Well, let us kind of go back and forth with it a little bit because what we've found is the common problem with leaders in any situation is they simply get lost. They're confused. They can't figure out the context. So we say, look, you can boil it down as a leader, and we really just refer to it as leadership navigation. So you've got to center in around five core questions. So as soon as we come into any situation, the first thing we'll do is to deal with the why question. 
why are you doing this? It's an amazingly revealing question. Yeah. And so we try to train people to say, go into any situation. You don't have to be the main boss. Simply ask the question and center a discussion around why are we doing this? If we're ever clear on why, then that can take us to the next question. Yeah, and and one of the things, Richard, is that we find that a lot of uh, even successful leaders have not even contemplated that. Yeah, isn't it amazing? And so yeah. it's it's really important, and and I think it I think it energizes them. And and so once we know the why, again, we're trying to leadership navigate here. We're trying to find where a person is, where a leader is, where are the where are the tough spots for them right now. And so we ask this question now, and the question is real simple: How's it going right now? What is your current reality? Uh, we've always found that it's usually not quite as bad as people think it is mm. because we, we have, uh, maybe the burden and the weight of things going on and they, f- they feel like, wow, I've just had a, a, a terrible week. And sometimes we just need to help. Okay. Step back. Let's look at, let's look at where you are right now. And, and it's, it's usually not as bad as you think it is, but it also, it's usually maybe not as good as you think it is either. And so we really try to help them pinpoint where things are right now. And then that, that puts them in a position to take the next step. So then we go to what, and we simply ask the question, what do you want? I mean, it's, it is the simplest yeah, and hardest it. question. I mean, yep. you know, we love to ask it and hate to be asked it sometimes. You know, <laughs> when you really get down to it, somebody gets in your face and say, don't stammer, don't stutter, just tell me what do you want? Well, and what we say to folks is if you don't know how things are going right now, how in the world are you going to figure out what you want and what it's going to take? So if we can begin to really think about using the tools, how do you come up with a, a menu of figuring out what is it you want? Because more than likely, you can want and do more than one thing. And so if we can nail that down, we've got why, why are you doing this now? How's it going right now? What, what do you want? Then that prepares us for the next step. And that's the question, how? And how is real simple. How am I going to get from my now to my what? And uh, again, you know, there's all kinds of tools out there uh, that others have done. We've created some tools to help people with the how question. But this is where you really get into some real practical strategy and planning. And, uh, you know, that's one of the things we do. In fact, we have uh, we have two different tools that uh that, that we use with that. One of them is we call it the RSSP and the RSOP. And the RSSP is the really simple strategic plan. And the RSOP is really simple operational plan. And this is the funny thing, Richard. I, I've been around uh, companies where you have these massive business plans, right. 100 pages long. Yeah. You, you've seen them. Yeah. I know. Everybody and, it, and, and you, and you know, you think all the time and energy that goes into it. And I never forget the first time. I actually helped as a consultant, a client put together one of these things and all the work that went into it. And I noticed something. They had the plan and the deal, you know, the, the project got approved. The plan goes in the file drawer, never to be touched. Again. <laughs> yeah. And I'm yeah. thinking, really? This yep. is just to get approvals. It's not really answering the question. How am I going to get from my now to my what? So we have this whole idea of. If, if you can't get it on one page, it's, you're probably not going to use oh, it. Love yeah. it. Love so it. that's what we do. We, we've got these, these tools, one page tools to help people really develop a, a, a how strategy. And then the how stress test your what. So, you know, a what can just be a giant pipe dream. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> until you start to come in with your, 
how tools. And then finally, the last question we ask is the wow question. And this is where you do the reality check. And it's very simple. Does anybody say wow when you tell them you're what? Yeah. Because the last thing you want to have is somebody says, well, what are you working on? And you tell them, and you can just tell their eyes their eyes are rolling back in their head. <laughs> right. And you're going, oh, man, this is really not good. Right. And so we found if we can get those five things working, it really makes a big difference. In fact, David, I spoke for a corporate group not long ago, and the title of our talk was How to Lead Anytime, Anybody Without Title or Position. And our proposition is that if you walk into any setting asking why now, how, what, and wow, that you can actually bring a leadership discussion and framework to that setting. Oh, I love it, guys. That's just absolutely brilliant. And I think that it, the, the beauty of it is, again, is the simplicity of it. And when I say simple, it doesn't mean it's easy because a, the beauty of a sim, simple it's hard enough as it is, and I think a lot of times we try to throw more detail as 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 the examples that we've all seen. And I would argue that detail is the enemy, and and yeah. it really is. And we, we, it's a false sense of security thinking that the more detail that we have, the more control we have over the outcome, which is the absolute myth. Um, and what you're getting at here is the why, the now, the what. Those are some hard questions to answer if you really get down to it because it makes you, it forces you to go to the brute, you know, deal with the brutal facts, deal with the brutal reality, deal with the resources that you have. And, uh, and I love the addition of the wow because we're already swimming in enough mediocrity. Yes. And, and we, well, that's you, what we do, you know. Go yeah, ahead. You just said something too that I think. The, these are big picture questions, and um, I think details are crucial, obviously. Uh, but one of the things I've found is the deeper you find yourself drawing into those details, the further away you get from the big picture. Exactly. And so part of what we do is that, you know, we have these uh, – we try to create these board of director settings where we bring business leaders in, and we, we're basically asking them, you, you know, you're going to get away from your office. You're going to get away – now put your cell phones away. You're going to come away for four hours and basically you're going to work on your business. I know you're working in your business. You're caught up in all your details, but now we want to work on your business. And to do that, we step back and we look at the big picture. And, and you know, what we found is a lot of leaders, they just, they just need that kick in the pants to do that. Yeah. And then they got it. And you know what? As soon as the four hours is up, you know, they're answering calls, they're getting in their car, they're <laughs> heading to meetings, they're, you know, making it happen. And they're right back in it. But that four hours becomes a really valuable uh, retreat for them that can really launch them forward in their in their business or in their organization. Yeah, I love what you said there. And I, I to clarify, too, the details, the enemy, I'm, I'm going to clarify it. It's an enemy for the strategic leadership kind of mindset. The right. detail needs to be pushed down to the lowest level. You know, I, I think the leaders and where people miss the mark is that the leaders need to be focusing on the intent is what we're talking about here, the kind of the big, and then leave leave a lot of the detailed how up to the people that are going to be executing it on the ground. That's the only way that I think you can get things done effectively. You know, I was thinking about it. You're talking about this, a perfect example. I don't know if you guys have studied history much, but, you know, with D-Day approaching the 70th anniversary coming up and um, watching how Eisenhower obviously was, you know, behind all of this. And he, he in this whole kind of area, he says, and I'm paraphrasing, I'm, I'm probably going to botch up the exact quote, but he said, I, there's nothing more um, 
how do you say it? Time waste or wasteful than because it, it, I don't have a, a lot of use for plans, but planning is indispensable. If that mm-hmm. makes sense. Yeah, yes. absolutely. And, and that's what we're talking about here. And if you look at how D-Day kind of unfolded, you know, he didn't, I mean, what a, if he, just the logistical challenges of, you know, and they made, I mean, it's just amazing how they came up with the, you know, you're basically moving the whole city of Detroit across a channel, you know. That's unbelievable. And basically, you know, he didn't have all the answers. And so you just have to have this big intent and as, as it goes down. And, and if you study any major battle in history, particularly the one in D-Day, it wasn't won because of Eisenhower's genius. It was won because of people at the small unit level were making decisions that supported an overall intent. And, and that's how that battle was won. You know, people making decisions as things, inevitable, unforeseen, chaotic things cropped up. And, um, People and that, that's a great grid for uh, a business or for yep, an organization. Exactly. exactly what you just described. Uh, well, the tactical doesn't make any sense outside of the context oh, I love of it. strategy. So, yep. you know, you've got to have them both. And that's why we get really weary of people that say, well, what matters more, you know, strategy or operation? What matters more, leadership or management? <laughs> well, it's kind of like, do you enjoy your right hand or your left hand? I mean, you know, I... I really like to use them both, thank you. So, you know, I mean, you, you really are going to do your best with both of them. So just affirm the unique role of each of those parts and use them effectively. Yeah, I love it. Well, you guys are doing great work. I found, you know, I'm always hunting and pecking and searching, finding uh, like-minded people, and, and I was certainly spotted. When I saw your website and I saw what you guys are believing and doing, um, I knew this would be a fun interview, and it certainly has. I could talk to you guys for hours about this stuff. Where can people find you and get in touch with you? Well, the best thing to do is to go to our corporate site. It's theriverstonegroup.com, so www.theriverstonegroup.com. And when you go there, we've actually got a new book that's available uh, called Compelling, uh, How to Capture the Attention of Your Prospective Clients and Customers. And so if people sign up for our newsletter list, then they get that book compelling as a free gift. So that would be the very best thing to do. Perfect. Beautiful looking website, too. And you just launched a podcast about five, six months ago. Tell us about that. I learned from you, Richard. Oh, well. (laughs) So how's that going? Oh, man, it has been fun. Uh, We're we're encouraged by people like you and others that have been blazing the trail so uh, even in our beginning steps of all of that, we were looking at our stats and we had uh, people listening from 10 different countries, then, which is phenomenal. Right. So you're at 145 countries. So for us, 10 <laughs> was unbelievable. And we just tried to figure out how that could have possibly been true, but we were loving it. Yeah. Isn't that, it's amazing when you, uh, uh, the thing I find so fascinating about podcasting and I love it. I mean, I just, I, I love doing this. I love meeting people like you and, and having these conversations, but it is amazing. Sometimes you don't like, has anybody listening? Even though you see the stats, you're not hearing from anybody. And every now and then you'll get an email from somebody. And I got an email from some guy in South Africa and they said, oh, you know, I listen to, we listen to your show every Thursday. And I'm like, what? And you're just like, how is this? So <laughs> it's just amazing. So uh, I'm good luck to with you, the podcast. It's called Your Leadership Story. Um, it's great. You had Michael Hyatt on there. Um, I, I'm, I'm anticipating great things. I love the look, the feel, the sound of it, and the congratulations for getting it launched. Thanks for your encouragement. All right, guys. Well, thanks for coming on the show. I'll, I'll have you back, and uh, we'll, I'd love the fact that you're, we're in each other's network, and I'm looking forward to staying in touch with you. 
and uh, possibly collaborating in the future. You know, thanks for coming on the show. Thanks so much. All right, we'll talk to you. Richard invites you to become a part of the Dose of Leadership community. Visit doseofleadership.com and sign up to receive his free Common Sense Leadership ebook, a guide that highlights how all of us can learn to become calm, confident, consistent, and courageous in all aspects of our lives. Richard is also available as a speaker for your next event. Richard specializes in practical leadership and change management. He has a philosophy of inspiring everyone to think and act like a leader, which is based on timeless natural principles and common sense. You can get more info by visiting doseofleadership.com.